As we continue our message series, When You Pray, a series on the Lord's Prayer, we are moving on today to the 11th verse of the 6th chapter of Matthew, where it says very simply, Give us today our daily bread. Now, with this petition, if you've been with us the whole time we've been through this series, we're kind of turning a corner in our journey through the Lord's Prayer. The first three petitions that we've heard so far direct our attention to God the Father. We were instructed to pray to the Father about his name. Hallowed be your name. We were told to pray to the Father about his kingdom. Thy kingdom come. And then to pray to the Father, which is what we did last week about his will, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now we're moving into the second half of the Lord's Prayer today, and we're taught to pray for ourselves and for other people. We are told to pray for provision, you know, give us this day our daily bread. We are told to pray for pardon, forgive us our debts, that's next week and to pray for protection, which is, lead us not into temptation. So we're going to take a look today at the second half of this prayer, and we're going to analyze it a little bit more, and it contains these three petitions about provision and pardon and protection. And if you think about these things as we go through these the next three weeks, it takes care of all the needs of your life. I mean, provision takes care of your present. Pardon takes care of your past, and protection takes care of your future. I don't know about you, but I've been studying now the Lord's Prayer for a number of weeks, and I've been helping you expand on it every week. And the one thing that's kind of dawned on me is that everything that can legitimately be brought into prayer is found here in the Lord's Prayer. That's why it is such a tragic mistake that many of us make, and that is to overlook the Lord's Prayer And think of it only as something we kind of uh, ramble through very quickly and maybe even yawn somewhere in the middle of it as we pray it on a Sunday morning. But now we want to take a look at the second half, and it begins with this petition or this little phrase for provision. It says, give us today our daily bread. I want to start by focusing on two different words. First, it is a prayer for bread and not cake. See, the Greek word for bread refers to common, ordinary, old bread. It doesn't mean anything fancy like cake or pie or anything else like that. Jesus is telling us that we ought to pray for our everyday, normal, good old bread. This is a prayer that literally you ought to pray before you sit down and eat. Now, let me ask you this. When was the last time you actually prayed to God, Oh God, please give me a meal. When was the last time you prayed that? Oh God, please give me a meal. Now, most of us probably ought to be praying, Oh God, prevent me from eating another meal. I mean, it's kind of sad but true. You know, we have so much food in our countries and in our houses, it seems, that we kind of take that, this little prayer request kind of for granted, and, and it, it, but it's also part of a, a famous childhood prayer. I don't know if any of you learned this prayer when you were growing up. God is great. God is good. Let us thank him for our food. By his hands we all are fed. Give us, Lord, our daily bread. 
Now, Luther had a lot to say about this. I remember memorizing this in grade school. The question is, you know, give us this daily bread. What does that mean? And Luther had, this is what Luther wrote. He said, truly, God gives daily bread to evil people, even without our prayer. But we, he's talking about Christians, pray in this request that he will help us realize this and receive our daily bread with thanksgiving. And then he asked this question, what does daily bread mean? And Luther writes, everything that nourishes our body and meets its needs, such as food, drink, clothing, shoes, house, yard, fields, cattle, money, possessions, a devout spouse, devout children, devout employees, devout and faithful rulers, good government, good weather, peace, health, discipline, honor, good friends, faithful neighbors, and the like. Kind of like comma, etc. right there. Now, the word daily also ought to attract our attention. Give us daily our bread. Now, one commentator that I read said that that word daily is one of the most perplexing words in the entire Lord's Prayer. Now, why is daily such a perplexing word? It's because that word daily only shows up two times in the entire New Testament. Guess where? It's in the two texts of the Lord's Prayer. Those are the only two places that word daily shows up. And there aren't very many examples of that word daily outside of the Bible as well. In fact, this word was so rare that one of our early church fathers, his name was Origen, suggested that Matthew and Luke, who used this word, coined this phrase to translate an Aramaic original for which there was really no Greek equivalent. But a few years ago, archaeologists digging around, they found a fragment of the Bible, I found a fragment, not of the Bible, but just a fragment of some old writing that appears to be a woman's shopping list from around the first century, of all things. And next to the items that she was going to go out to buy that she wrote down was the Greek word translated daily. Now, in that context, that word, you know, give us daily our daily bread, it probably means either buy it daily or buy it today. See, if you pray this prayer in the morning, let's say you prayed the Lord's Prayer in the morning and you get to the part, give us this day our daily bread, you are saying... Oh God, may you give us today the material things we need for today. And if you pray this prayer before you go to sleep at night and you get to this little phrase, you're really saying, Oh God, may you give us tomorrow what we need for tomorrow. Now, with that kind of little bit of background, um, here's my thesis for this message. Give us this day our daily bread. It's more than just a, a simple prayer request. Properly understood, it describes a way of living. And I might even call it daily bread living. And if this prayer is going to affect your life, you've got to learn how to live a daily bread sort of life. And I want to suggest this morning four different steps that you can take to live out a daily bread life. And here's step number one. Step number one is this. It's gratitude to God for all of his blessings. Now, I take that step from one of the, uh, the very first word. It says, give. Give us our daily bread. This says, it kind of reminds us that everything you and I have, where does it come from? Not Albertsons, not Walmart, not Sam's Club. Everything we have comes from God. We, we are put in the position of saying, oh, Heavenly Father, who has it all, 
give us what we need today or give us what we need tomorrow. I mean, for example, there's some great Bible passages. Deuteronomy 8.10. When you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. When was the last time, folks, that you finished a really good meal at your house and you said, man, thanks for letting us live in a country where we can actually grow this stuff or where these cattle can be raised? In First Chronicles, it says, But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from you, and we have given you only what comes from your hand. That's a reminder when we take our offerings. David says, Well, the eyes of all wait upon thee, O Lord. But then he ends up by saying, You open your hands, and you satisfy the desires of every living thing. See, everything you have of value... Everything that you possess in one way or another comes from the hand of Almighty God. And that truth ought to make us just grateful for life itself. Now, this lesson is not just about praying before we eat. This is about truly being grateful to God for every last thing that you and I have. Now, I've kind of discovered that there are two ways to live your life. You can live your life with a great big me in a little g God, or you can live life with a really big God in a little itty-bitty me. And I want to suggest to you that one of the very first steps in daily bread living is to get on the big G and the little M side and learn to thank God for his blessings. Here's number two. Second step is contentment. Contentment. The key here is the last word. Give us this day our daily bread. We are invited to ask for bread, not cake. Jesus encourages us to pray for our needs and not our greeds. And and while it's true that a, let's say, a pauper would pray this differently than a prince, the principle is the same. We pray to God, we ask for what we really need, not every wild desire that comes into our mind. Somebody wrote, this prayer says bread, not chocolate eclair. There's a big difference. By the way, have you ever studied the way Jesus ate? You ever think about the way Jesus ate? What you find is very revealing. Now, Jesus, we know from Scripture, repeatedly went to festivals and feasts and banquets. He went to these things so often that the Pharisees actually called him a glutton and a drunkard. But whenever Jesus did the cooking... Everything was different. Every time Jesus cooked, it was the same meal. Baked fish and barley bread. Now, our Lord was not only very comfortable with the wealthy people, and he did not mind eating their food, but when he did the cooking, his diet changed dramatically. I mean, many of us need to really kind of learn the words of Proverbs chapter 30. It says, Two things I ask of you, O Lord. Do not refuse me before I die. Here's the first one. Keep falsehood and lies far from me. And number two, give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you and say, Who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and steal and so dishonor the name of my God. Wouldn't that be an interesting way to live? Just to be able to say, Lord, don't make me too rich. Don't make me too poor. 
Lord, just give me whatever you feel I need, and I will be content. Pretty cool stuff. Here's the third step. It's confidence. Confidence that God will meet my needs day after day after day after day after day after day after day, etc. You find this in two places. Give us today our daily bread. If you think about the experience that the children of Israel had back in the Sinai wilderness, it provides us a little lesson here. You can go back and read the whole story in Exodus chapter 16. But essentially, the Israelites had crossed the Red Sea, and here they found themselves in the Sinai wilderness, out in, out in kind of a desert area. And after seeing this gigantic miracle of the Red Sea parting and then closing again and destroying all of their enemies, what did they do? they began to grumble. The Bible in the old King James said they murmured. And we, we know that there were several million people. Have you ever wondered what that sounded like? Several million people murmuring. It's kind of like parking lot talk after a church service, huh? Well, maybe not quite that way. But they were murmuring against God and against Moses. And they were saying, why did you drag us out of Egypt? Back in Egypt, we actually had some good food to eat. Now, by the way, they weren't being fed that well back in Egypt as slaves. They were complaining. It says, who cares about miracles? We're going to starve to death. And The Bible's funny because Moses goes to the Lord. And he says, God, I got trouble with your people. I pray that prayer every once in a while. Well, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, sometimes I do. Uh, but God, I'm having trouble with your people. God's response very literally is, you think you got problems? <laughs> I've got problems too. They're bigger than what you're dealing with. He says, but you tell them, because I am the God who delivered them out of Egypt, I will take care of them. I will provide food for them. And so the next morning, when the Jews walked out of their tents, there was like dew all across the lawn, and it, it kind of turned into something that looked like wafers, and those wafers tasted like crackers with honey. And when the people saw it, they said in Hebrew, manna, which means, what's this? Did you know that's what that word meant? Manna. What's this? And God says, every morning there's going to be enough for you. Just take what you need just that day. He said, now on the Sabbath, you can take two days supply. But every other day, take what you need for that day. Why? Because if you don't, and you take more than you need, it is going to wind up a worm-infested mess. See, what God was trying to teach them in the Old Testament is the same thing he tries to teach us here in the New Testament. And he wants to supply all of our needs, but only on a day-to-day -day basis. But we don't like to live like that, do we? Most of us have freezers at home or pantries at home that are filled with food. I don't know if you ever had a kid like this. My son, Eric, you know Eric. When Eric was in high school... We could sometimes hear him come home, and you could hear the refrigerator open. Boom, boom. Freezer. Boom, boom. 
All the doors, boom, 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 boom. Then you walk out to the pantry, boom, 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 boom. If we had a freezer, boom. There's nothing to eat in this house. To which I always want to run out and go, were we robbed? Were we robbed? Well, see, what he was saying is he did not want to eat all of the stuff he found. But I guarantee you, we had stuff to be found. So do you. You got stuff to be found. Now, I don't want you to think that there's anything wrong with living that way. There's nothing wrong with living that way. But a freezer filled with food, I will suggest to you, makes it a little bit more challenging to pray this prayer sincerely. We kind of mutter our prayers instead of saying them from the heart because we already know we're really not going to go hungry. I mean, for me to say, Lord, give me this day my daily bread, I don't need to worry about it because there's at least two frozen pizzas in the freezer. I can make it till Tuesday. And I probably if I dig far enough, I can find some venison, probably some salad in there. Uh, there's some other stuff I might not like to eat, but there's food. And by golly, we still got McDonald's and Whataburger and all those other places. So we don't like to live the way Jesus is talking about. We don't like this living day to day. We'd rather have pension plans and stocks and bonds and options. We'd rather have life insurance policies that guarantee, guarantee a secure future. And again, there's really nothing wrong with that. In fact, if we could all rewrite the Bible, I bet you, you know, you know, let's do that, shall we? Let's just cross this out. This doesn't make any sense. In fact, let's write this. Uh, give us this week our weekly bread. No, I really don't like that. Uh, how about this? Give us this month our monthly bread. Now, I'm going to make it easy on you, God. Give us this year our yearly bread and give it to us all at once in big trucks. Then we will trust you. But you know something, friends? God doesn't work that way. He works by teaching his people moment by moment dependence on him. Now, does this mean that we should not plan ahead? Absolutely not. I'm not saying that. We should plan ahead. That's biblical. You should plan ahead. Catch this. You should plan ahead, but you should not worry ahead. Plan ahead, but do not worry ahead. See, the whole point of asking for daily bread is to teach us just to live life one day at a time. You don't need to raise your hand, but I have a feeling there are a few people in here who have been through 12-step programs in their lives. If you've ever been through some form of a 12-step program, they know that life is lived one day at a time. You don't, you don't get over whatever you're addicted to in one week or one month. You know you're not living one week at a time or one month. It is one day at a time. Daily bread living means taking one day at a time, being confident that God will take care of your needs day by day. Now, here's the fourth step. Generosity. It's generosity towards those people who are less fortunate. Now, here, a couple of words come Give us today our, our daily bread. It does not say, give me my daily bread. You're never invited to pray this prayer 
alone. Every time you pray this prayer, you're invited, encouraged, you're actually commanded to pray in concert with all of your brothers and sisters around this world. Now, I got to tell you, that, 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 goes away, that goes against the grain of modern day society where we're told, well, the tough will survive. Or we live in a dog-eat-dog world out there. Or whoever works the hardest gets the mostest. I mean, the world says, get to the top any way you can. How different from the words of Jesus who says in Luke 6, give and it shall be given to you. Now, that whole passage is in, it says, give and it shall be given to you a full measure, pressed down, shaken together, so that it overflows into your lap. I learned that principle uh, a few times when Nancy sent me down to the market when we lived in Hong Kong to buy rice. You learn this. You take a container down there and get a bucket of rice. You know, you can go down and they'd scoop you out a bucket of rice. But you learn something very quickly about that bucket. You'd bang it on the counter when they'd filled it up. <laughs> and you'd shake it a little bit. And you'd push a little bit. That would go down a couple inches. Like, Come on, buddy. You shorten me on my rice. But see, God does that. He gives it to us so that it actually just kind of overflows when we are done with it. I'm going to share some Bible economics with you this morning. It's called Bible economic, Economics 101. I put the four principles up here. And I think this is part of daily life living. Look at principle number one. Everything you have comes from God. Everything. I always think about that during baptisms. You know, you come in with your little child and you think it's yours. Uh, well, okay, in a manner of speaking, uh, I'll, I'll agree with you. But literally, when we get done baptizing that baby, whether it was that, I think I probably baptized, I baptized at least those two in that one over there. There's three of them I can see. That's God's child, whether you like it or not. And when, when the pastor gives the baby back to you, it's as if God says, I'm now giving you my child for you to raise. That kind of changes the concept a little bit, doesn't it? I mean, I've got two children, Eric and Terry. They are really God's children. God gave them to Nancy and I to raise on his behalf. We have one grandson. Gave that grandson, Joshua, to our daughter, Terry, and she is to raise God's son, God's child, for him. Changes. Here's principle number two. Everything that is given to you is given in trust to you. To take care of, be stewards. Principle three: the blessings that you have that that you have are not given to you for your own personal benefit. Otherwise, we'd all be little misers. Remember, I don't know comic book dates. Some of you remember Scrooge McDuck. Scrooge McDuck had this big building. Actually, had to crack it. He had all of his money in that giant building, and he used to sit on top of his money all day long. I mean, that's not the way we are supposed to live. And principle number four is what is given to you in trust is given that you might share it with other people. That's, that's like Christian economics 101. You get that down, and life's a whole lot easier. To say our daily bread is to see a world of needy and hurting people. Our implies that you don't pray alone. To say our instead of my or mine imparts a kind of a liberality to all of your prayer. Liberality, not charity, benevolence, not welfare. I mean, most of us have all we need to eat. And tomorrow we got all we need to eat. And after that, we got all we need to eat. Uh, yet our world 
is filled with starving people. And we can sit here and argue all day long why we have so much food in our country and why sometimes it seems like there's so little food elsewhere. And we can argue, you know, that we've shipped tons of food and stuff to Haiti and it sits on the docks and is sold in the black. We can talk all about that. But yet when we pray, give us today our daily bread, we can never pray as if we were the only people who live in this world. Uh, we are to pray thinking about the needy people around us. I mean, that's why, you know, water doesn't seem like a big deal. But by golly, you know, when it's hot outside and you need to stay hydrated, these 2,558 bottles mean something to people who live on the street. You know, we are to pray thinking about those people. And if we're not thinking about those needy people around us, we probably shouldn't even pray this prayer at all. Now, if God's given you two loaves of bread and your brother has only one, that has none even, that extra loaf is not for chucking into the freezer. It's for sharing. I mean, that's the fourth step of daily bread living. See, this petition, like all the other ones, kind of opens up a whole new way of looking at life. And I know that each week as we unpack another petition of this Lord's Prayer, as somebody told me last week, says, oh, man, I'm not sure I can ever pray this prayer the same again. My response is, good. <laughs> and maybe we could pray it a little bit slower and think about it a little bit more. And if you think this one's hard, wait till next week. And forgive us our sins in the same manner in which we forgive others. I scared myself this week writing it. <laughs> well, I didn't really scare myself, but I was like, you better pay attention to this one, Barry. It's there. It just makes you think about it. Lord's Prayer is a whole lot more than just little words on the paper. Let me summarize this again. Daily bread. What is it? Gratitude. Gratitude to God for all of his blessings. It's contentment with God, what God's already given you. It's confidence that God can meet all your needs every day, day by day. It's generosity toward those who are less fortunate than you. So if you think about those four words, gratitude, contentment, confidence, generosity, and you pray those kinds of prayers every day, you will be in a whole new place, and I have a feeling it'll be even a better place. Let's pray. Gracious Father, teach us to trust you more and more. When we are tempted to do it ourselves, bring us down to the place where we need to cry out for your help. Forgive us for living as if we were God and you are not. We thank you for giving us exactly what we need when we need it, not a moment too soon, not a moment too late. And having received so much from you, we ask one more thing. Give us grateful hearts. Amen. Let's stand and let's join together in our affirmation of